I was wondering as to what will I talk today? And for a long time, he didn't give me the word. Normally, whenever I'm going to speak the word, God ministers much in advance and he gives me the word. And he gives it to me in pieces every time. There, every time I'll be in someone's house and he'll give me another word. And I, that's the reason most of the time when you see me worshiping, I'm dotting because every time he's putting. But this time I was wondering, Lord, why are you not talking to me? Why are you silent? Why are you silent that you're not giving me the word? And very lately, only a few days ago, he has given the word that you are going to receive. So that means God has a purpose. And I've titled today's word is, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. That's the title of, my, of God's word for you today. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. And I've taken it from Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And let us look at the scripture and we will ponder over this and see what it says and what God is trying to tell us. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body you were called to peace. Can you see that? Your calling, one, one part of your calling is to be called for peace. Not war. Not worried. Not turmoil. But one of your calling is I am giving you peace. And it says, when I give you peace in what you're going through, see what the scripture says, be thankful. No matter what situation, but your calling is for peace, but learn to be thankful. So we say, and this is a very powerful scripture that you look at, and the reason that this caught my attention was, Paul was speaking to some people who were living in turbulent times at that period. And he was addressing those people that were going through this hard time. And at present, we and many of us, I've got a call today from a brother, and you said, Brother Claudie, we want you to minister to us because left, right, and center, our members are losing their jobs. For the last one and a half week, everywhere people are just losing their jobs. And he says, please, pray for us. So we are going through a period, and I don't know how many of you are going through this. I, will, I do not know, but the Lord knows. Amen? And we are in a, in a time where our world is in a hapro, especially what is happening in this nation at this moment. But it's only the grace of God that is sustaining us at this time. We know that only it is the Lord who holds our tomorrow. It is only God who holds your tomorrow. You might be having the best job. You might be the most educated person. And you could lose your job today. You're not certain. But one thing you can be certain of. He holds my tomorrow. Because great is his faithfulness. So... When you're going through hard times, see, most of the time, many children of God, we don't spend time in prayer. We don't know if there is a God. Sometimes we forget that He even exists. But when we go through difficulties, we are 24-7 on our knees. But then, 
the meaning of peace as a different meaning at that time. Then comes the real meaning of having the peace of Christ in you. Now, the word peace, most of us, when we talk about peace, what we talk, we talk about it, we, we connect it with love, grace, joy. We connect peace with those words. But the word peace, and we desire to have the peace of God also all the time. But what does it really mean to have the peace of Christ in you? What does it really mean? And I'm going to explain that. Now see, the word for rule, the word for rule is a word that we understand in our terms. Basically, when, when you see a cricket match, the umpire makes a ruling out and everyone has to obey it. So the word for rule, let the peace of God rule in your life, it means it's like an umpire, a mediator, who comes in between and says, this is what needs to be done. Now Paul is saying, let peace be the umpire of your life, let peace be the ruler of your life, let peace be the decision maker in your life, no matter what you are going through. And that is basically a command to every child of God. Paul is commanding us in whatever be your situation, the peace of Christ, the Christ that you believe in him, the Christ that you trusted on the first day, let that peace rule over your heart in whatever be the situation. Now, our heart is a place where the peace of God is supposed to rule. Am I right? That's as a child of God, Peace is supposed to be ruled in our hearts because we are children of God. But our hearts become a ground for two areas, for conflict and struggle. Where peace is supposed to rule, when things go wrong, conflict and struggle starts to creep up slowly in a child of God's heart. And it becomes a place where either right or wrong battles for dominion now. The right thing or the wrong thing, now battles for dominion to take place. And that's the reason you are able to bypass it when you are in Christ. Only then you are able to bypass it. If you're not in Christ, you will make major decisions at this time. Now, the opposite of living in peace is described in two words that I've taken. The opposite of living in peace, that is anxiety and worry. They are the opposite of peace. And I know how quickly these two words can take away the peace of God from us if we are not careful. Anxiety and worry can slowly sweep away the peace of Christ from us if we are not anchored in Him. So, we worry about all things. Sister, put that next slide. I'm going to show you what are the things that we worry about. Number one, most of the time, when we are going through troubles, we worry about how we are going to pay our bills. You can go ahead, sister. How we will fulfill our obligation. We worry about our career and our life decisions because of what is going to happen to our career. We worry about what decisions we have to make in our life. We worry about getting our, about our families. We're worried so much about our family. We're worried, will our children be okay? We are worried if our children are safe. Will our parents be able to make it in their old age while we are not with them? And that's the worry that we all have to those of us who have parents. And you are so far away, you wonder, 
how is mommy and daddy going to take care of themselves? Who is going to be with them? And always we pray, God, send destiny helpers for them. Because we are worried. It's a natural thing. We worry about our health. The moment somebody talks about being sick, immediately we start getting worried. Am I sick? Will I be sick? Oh, I'm having this for some time. Maybe something's wrong with me. Automatically, the peace goes and the worry comes about our health. Even when pastor spoke on the uh, early will I seek thee, and when we got the message, many would have gone to the hospital, let me go check up myself now. It's a natural thing. It's a very natural thing to get worried. Now, it's not wrong to do it, but why do you do it? You do it because you're worried. So that's the thing I want to show you. We worry about our tomorrows. And lastly, we worry about our spiritual life. Why does God seem so far away from me? We heard it from a testimony just now. The moment you're going through mountains, the moment you're in the valley, you worry, why is God so far away? You know why we say that? Because our eyes are not open to the spiritual realm. That's the reason when you're going through trouble, God, open my spiritual eyes that I will be able to see beyond this mountain. Yes, the mountain is there. Yes, the valley. Yes, the desert is there. But give me the spiritual eyes. The children of Israel were not able to see the angel of God that was accompanying them, and they were at the Red Sea. They were not able, but his presence was there. I want to encourage you today. I don't know what you're going through, but believe me, God's word is true. Even though you cannot see him, even though you cannot sense him, his presence is right beside you, even if you stand before that mountain or you are going before that Red Sea. Amen? We worry, will God forgive me the wrong that I have done? And I know some of us have done a lot of wrong. And maybe man has not forgiven you. Man is holding that against you for a long time. But our God is a faithful God. He has forgiven you the day you confessed your sins before God. He is a good God. Some of you are worried. I know even though you are born again, you are worried if I die today. Where will I be? That's a worry that we all have. If my mama and my papa dies, where will they be? We are worried. Maybe some of, some of us have parents who do not know the Lord Jesus as their personal savior. And you're worried if your mother or father dies, where will they be? So that worry is there everywhere. Finally, we end up as professionals. You know why? Because we worry so much and we practice so much at it that we become professionals in being worried. And believers do that. We have to be careful. Paul gives us a different goal. He tells us to strive to let the peace of God rule and control our lives. Paul is saying he wants us to stop worrying so that we can enjoy this journey that God has set before us. We are supposed to enjoy it. One more thing before I can move forward. Paul says, look at that scripture. Paul says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Look at that word peace. If you have, I mean, the, look at the word let. You have that word let? Underline that word. Because notice the word let. Paul is saying the choice to allow peace to rule in our lives is laid with you and me. We have that choice. 
We decide who is going to rule our lives, whether the things of the world or the things of God. You, that choice is up to you. Life, death, it's your choice. You can choose. That's what Paul is saying. Let you make a choice. What is going to rule your life in a situation? You've been praying for years and years, but what is going to let that decision rule over your life? I want to give you four reasons why you should let the peace of God rule over your life. Four reasons. And then number one, we have peace with God. We have peace with God. Next sister. The peace of Christ Jesus is in us based on or anchored in our peace with God. Let me say that again. It's on the screen. The peace of Christ Jesus in us is based on, having the peace of Christ is based on or is anchored in our peace with God. In other words, if you are a Christian or a child of God, you are no longer at war with God. You got that? You are no longer at war with God. Before you can know the peace of God, listen carefully, before you can know the peace of God, you must first find peace with God. You cannot know the peace of God without finding peace with God. Give you a scripture to quote that and to back it up. Romans 5, verse 1. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 5, verse 1. The Bible says, Paul is saying here, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. You see that? You can have peace with God when you are justified by faith, which is earlier. The Bible explains it very plainly. If we want to know the peace with God, first we must be justified by faith. Now, what it is to be justified? That's the next question. Brother Claudie, what it is to be justified? And the term is to be justified, simple term, since we have all done beginners, is to be declared innocent before God. You are declared innocent before God. We are justified with God and we no longer stand as sinners or as guilty before Him. Amen? We stand before Him perfectly innocent and that is only possible through the blood that was shed on Calvary. That we stand perfectly innocent before God. The Lord Jesus gave His life as a payment for yours and for my sin. Amen. Sometimes I would request you, ask God to give you the revelation of that. What was shed on Calvary? What happened before that? The beating that he received for you and me. We cannot justify ourselves. It is only the grace of God. And I said before, if you were the only person remaining in the world, he would have come for you. You were the only person. He would still come for you and taken that punishment that God had for us, but he took it. The Bible tells us that anyone who trusts in Christ for their salvation, anyone who makes Jesus 
as the leader and as a ruler of their life, they will be seen in perfection in Christ. That when he looks at you, he looks at you through his son. He looks at you through the blood. And when he looks at you through the blood, he sees no sin. Because sin has taken away, driven away because of the blood. And that's the reason we must say, God, look at me through your son. Because if you look at me through, without your son, I am filthy. It is only the grace and the blood that cleanses me and makes me perfect before you. Amen? Now the question is, I want to go. In the Old Testament, there is a great blessing that God gives his children in the Old Testament. It's found in Numbers chapter 6. Open your Bibles to Numbers chapter 6 and look at verse 24. There's a great blessing that God gave his children which you and I can claim. The Bible says in Numbers 6.24, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. You look at that? Now I want to, I want to take this blessing and show it in a new meaning to you. The same blessing that was given to the children, I want to show it to you. Next slide, my sister. The Lord bless you instead of curse you. You see that? And keep you instead of cast you away. The Lord make his face shine upon you rather than his wrath. And be gracious unto you rather than exercising judgment. You look at that. May the Lord turn his face towards you rather than turn it away from you. And give you peace rather than dread and terror. Look at that scripture. You can take the scripture and apply it in our lives now. And look how beautiful. This is the opposite to it. But God has given us this. The greatest blessing. Many children of God suffer in the hands of the enemy because they do not know the word of God and the power in the word of God. And that's the reason they are not able to quote the scripture towards the enemy and say, this is my birthright that God has given me. You have no weapon to be thrown at me. Amen? When we trust Jesus as our Lord and Savior, God turns his face towards us. Amen? We no longer see anger, but we see love. We do not experience terror, but we experience peace. I don't know if you, in the senior citizen, I'm about to be senior citizen. I think pastor's with me also. We are the senior citizens. How many of you remember the song in your Sunday school or Friday school? I have the joy, 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 joy down in... You know it? Can we stand? Okay, Brother Matthew... We are going to sing this to the Lord and tell the Lord. Are you ready? One, two, three, four. I have the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. Amen. I got, I got the peace. I got, I got the, the peace, peace that passes understanding, understanding down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I, I got, got the, the peace, peace that passes understanding, understanding down in my heart. 
Glory to his name. I am so happy, very happy. I've got the joy in my heart. I am so happy, so very happy. I got the joy of Christ in my heart. That's the joy you and I have that passes all understanding deep in your heart. You have the peace that passes all understanding. Thank you. Please be seated. Whenever you go through difficulty situation, sing that song to the enemy's face. And you can say, I got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Amen. That joy is not on the surface, but it's right down in my heart. So we see in point one, we have peace with God. The second one, we have peace in spite of our circumstances. We have peace in spite of our circumstances. The peace of God in our lives is not hindered by our circumstances. We tend to think that the peace is the absence of turmoil, it's the absence of trial, it's the absence of many things that go through us. But the same is true in the spiritual life. We think that we are living in peace because everything is beautiful around us. That's what we think. When the road seems smooth around us, we start enjoying God's presence and we say, oh, we, that's the reason we have peace, when everything is nice. But what about when the road is rough? What about when the road is difficult? What about when the road has thorns and thistles in your way? Do you have peace? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. What if the road is difficult for you? Do you have that same peace that you had when everything was good? John 16, 33. Jesus tells his disciples that he is going to be taken away from them and that they are going to desert him. But immediately he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Brothers and sisters, where are we living? So what will be around us? You seen that? We will have trouble. We cannot be away from it. Because in this world, you will have trouble. This is the word of God. Okay, but take heart. I have over. Now, he says, I have overcome it. Where is he now? Where is the spirit of God? In us. So that means we also are overcomers. Amen. That is the truth. Now, hear what it says. Sometimes, you know, we think we have peace because everything is beautiful around us. Now, I want to show you something. You can have peace even in the midst of storms. Only a few amens. You can have peace in the midst of storms. I'll show you two scriptures or two incidents. Remember Paul and Silas? They were in the prison, and you know how they were in prison? They had shackles on their feet, and they had total peace that they were able to worship God. Now, all those of us who are going through difficult times, you're not having a shackle there. Those men 
never knew what was holding tomorrow morning. Maybe tomorrow morning a sentence could be given, go into the, just like, just like John. John was there. One incident happened, go, cut his head and come off. Anything could have happened. But in that situation, these two men learned to praise God. Amen? I want to encourage you. I don't know what you're going through. I believe with all my heart, praises can break every bondage. Praises can turn things around. Praises can bring down showers of blessing on your life if you know how to praise God. One more incident. Another man, Peter, got caught in prison. What he was doing? Fast asleep. Can we sleep? If there is a small trouble, what happened? We toss this side, we toss that side, we, we fight against everybody because there's no peace. What did this man? Peacefully, peace, peacefully sleeping also. The angel had to come and tap him. Imagine the presence of the, of the Lord is there and he still could not be woken up because he was sleeping so peacefully. That's the peace you and I should have because we know who holds are tomorrow. John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus says, I like the scripture very much. And if you, if you can, go home and meditate on the scripture. He says, peace I leave with you. That means where is that peace now? You saw that? He says, I am leaving this peace with you. Nobody can take this away. This peace I'm giving to you as a gift. He says, my peace. Peace I give to who? So you can tell yourself, Claudie, I have received the peace of God. Use your own name. If you want that peace, confess it. You can say, Wendy, I received that peace of God. Now, I want to look at the next line. I do not give to you as the world gives. See, you see that? That means there are two types of peace. One, the world gives to you, and one that Jesus gives to you. You see that? Now, the world peace has conditions for peace. If I break my treaty with you, peace is gone. Have you noticed that? But he says, look, do not let your hearts be. Can you see that? When I give my peace to you, don't let your heart be troubled. And he says another beautiful verse there. Do not be a Afraid. Look at how much he's encouraging. He says, don't be troubled, my son, my daughter. Don't be afraid because my peace is with you, no matter what be your situation. I don't know who God is ministering right now to, but I want to encourage you. That peace is your portion today in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? The peace of Christ, it does one thing. It transcends all circumstances and understanding. All circumstances. No matter what be your circumstance, doctors have given up hope that you're going to die tomorrow morning. But that peace of God transcends all that understanding. Everyone says you are good, not good for anything, but you will have peace. Know who's your creator and who's your maker. Amen. Look at Philippians chapter 4. It's a very common verse that I always use for this pulpit. Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 to 7. You have a lot of scripture to memorize. It says, do not be anxious. Anxious for another word is, don't be worried. 
About what? About anything. That's what my Bible says. Anyone got different scripture? Do not be worried about all things. All things, anything, don't be worried, it says. Look at them, we'll go about anything. But in everything, what are we supposed to do? Prayer and petition. No, whatever be your circumstances, keep on praying, Brother Matthew. Do not stop. Do not stop. No matter what, you give your petition. And with how you give your petition? With thanksgiving. Now, what is the meaning of thanksgiving? Understand the scripture. What is the real meaning of thanksgiving? When I'm giving my petition, I'm thanking God in advance. Remember once pastor said, he came and testified before it could happen. That's what he's talking about. Let your petition, let your request come, but with thanksgiving. Lord, thank you that you have answered my prayer. I receive it in faith, Lord. But there is a condition. There is a condition. Pastor Francis always says that there is a condition. And the condition, you have to be right before God. You cannot live a double standard and then say, I claim the scripture in Jesus' name. The enemy will come and answer you. It's true. He say, I know Jesus, I know Paul, I know Peter, I know Pastor Abraham. I don't know you. I'm in the church. Yes, I know that you're sitting in the church, but you're living a double standard. You have no authority to ask this. The authority that you and I have is when we are in Christ. Amen? Not when you got saved. Now. We say we are in Christ when we got saved, but brother, where are you now? Yeah, brother, you don't know. I'm going through a lot of problems. The first thing that goes out when we are in trouble, you know what? We sin with our tongues. We sin with our heart. We doubt God. When you doubt God, you're telling him to be a liar. Don't doubt him. He is a prayer answering God. He is a covenant keeping God. You and I break covenant, but he never breaks his covenant with you. Amen? Now, it says and then, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And you see what it says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, what it will do. The first thing that the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. So when you're going through difficult situations, the first thing God takes control is he takes control of your heart. He takes control of your mind so that you will not sin, you will not meditate wrong about the Father God. And that's what he does to us. Now, the peace of God cannot be explained. It can only be experienced. It cannot be explained, but only experienced. Most of the people, I'm coming to something which is very, very sensitive. Most of the people who will come to you will say, the reason you are suffering and having difficulty in your life because you are not living right, you are a sinner. Many people will come. I'm going to use a harsh word from this pulpit. Forgive me. Throw that person out. If somebody comes and tells you, you are suffering because you sinned, Tell him the door is there, please go. He is a false brother and a false teacher. Your suffering is not just because you sin. God has got a different purpose. He wants to demonstrate his glory in your life sometimes. You are living right. 
the enemy has got permission. Let me sift him for a short time and I'll show that he will disown you. So the edges opened a little bit. It doesn't mean you are a sinner. Amen? They understand, the false brothers understand peace to be the result of circumstances. That is not the peace Jesus is extending to you and me. Peace is not the absence of trouble. It is standing with Christ in whatever circumstances you are facing. That is peace. We've seen point one, we have peace with God. We've seen point two, we have peace in spite of our circumstances. The third point is we have peace of God because of our unwavering trust in God. Amen? Isaiah 26, verse 3. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast. That means continuing steadfast because he trusts in you. Not yesterday. Yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. If you're sleeping, say amen. Thank you. God bless you. When Peter was walking on the water towards Jesus, he became worried for a short period. He took his eyes off the master. For a short period. And the same is happening to us. When we are walking and when troubles come, when persecution comes, when trials come, do you think the disciples sinned when they were in that storm? Maybe we would have gone to the disciples and said, you have sinned. That's the reason you are in the storm. Jesus had to pull you out. We will say that. They did not sin, but God wanted to demonstrate that he had power over the storm. God wants to demonstrate in your life the storm that you're going through. I have the power to calm that storm in your life. Amen. We do the same thing in difficult times. When we cannot see what is happening around us, we immediately take away our focus from God and we start looking at our circumstances and slowly we start to sink deeper and deeper and deeper. That's the reason it's very important. Iron sharpens. I want to encourage you. Don't put your hands up. Have you visited somebody in the last one week? Your brothers are going through hard times. You cannot tell you love God and do not visit somebody. This scripture is true. Iron sharpens iron. Go and encourage that brother or encourage that sister. Okay, maybe you don't have a car. You're very poor. Maybe you don't even have a donkey. You're very poor even to have a donkey. But you have something called a cell phone. Take that and call somebody. At least call one person and say, Brother, how are you doing? I love you. I love you. And Jesus loves you more. That strengthens that brother who's going through a hard time. Maybe you are the only one who has called that brother. Maybe that brother's questioning God and say, God, where are you? I'm going through this problem. And your call comes in the right time, brother. We remember you. 
and you will never know how much that encourages the heart of that person. Your one small act of a call, your one small act of, a, of, a, of, of visiting. When I was in prison, did you visit me? No, Lord, I love you, but I never had time to visit you. When I was in hospital, did you visit me? No, Lord, you know I have to make so much of money. We say all these things. Brothers and sisters, I encourage you this week, if there's anything that you can do, call somebody and tell them, I love you. Amen? Now, brothers, don't call any sister and say, I love you, please. Don't say, Brother Claudie said it from the pulpit. Okay, you'll call pastor and tell pastor, Brother Claudie said, don't do that, please. He will come with a rod. He will not use stuff. He will stand with me. Okay, praise God. I want to go swiftly. I'm... Suppose, I want to tell you a story. Suppose you have, you, you got some money and you bought a new car. And that's the most expensive car. It's a dream car. It's a seven-seater car. It has a sunroof, moonroof, all the roofs are there. You can pull anything in that car. And everyone looks at that car and they say, well, and what you start doing, you come here and you give a testimony. God has blessed me with a wonderful car. Now, brothers, if anyone's got a new car, forgive me. I have no one in my mind, okay? You come and you testify. And then you visit pastor and you say, pastor, you know, God is so good, pastor. He blessed me with a nice car. Brother, you know something? God is so good. I got the best car. And you go and you make sure there's nobody left in Bread of Life to testify. That everybody knows in one week that you got a new car. And suddenly, days are passing, months are passing, years are passing, and suddenly that car stops running. The car that you testified about. The car that it was your, it was, it was your lemon. And you told everything, and now your car stopped running. What's the first thing you do? Pick up the phone and blast that dealer. Nobody in Oman has paid so much money. Even bread of life cannot afford it. I bought this car, and this car stopped. You, you abuse him, and then you say, I will go to uh, media and post everything about your company. I will make sure your company gets ruined. And we do all that nonsense, because just the car stopped. You go to the dealer, and the dealer looks at you, and he smiles, and you are getting angry now. I'm abusing him. All the wrath that I have, because you know why I bought this car? I wanted to make this woman happy. Because she said, I must have the best car. And then this, the dealer or the manager slowly walks up to you and he holds your hand and he says, come with me. He takes you to your, your beautiful car. And he opens a small box on the right-hand side. And there is a small book called Manual. It's called a service manual. And that book has never been opened from the day you bought it. And he opens it and he turns to page 21 or 31 or whatever be the page. And he says, the service manual says that the car has to be serviced every 10,000 kilometers. Have you done it? No, I've ran 500,000 kilometers. So why not your car stop? There is something called service manual that we fail to look at. The same thing happens in our life. When everything goes right, we stand. I'm not against about testimonies. I'm only trying to show you a point. We testify, we testify, we testify, we testify, we testify. And suddenly something goes wrong. And what do we do? We go to the maker. And he says, where are you? My car has stopped now. I'm having trouble. 
My family is sick. My son is sick. I lost my job. Where are you? And all that your director does, the director of your heart, he says, go. I have given you my service manual. Open it. And there is an answer to all your problems. And then we say, I never opened that service manual for a long time. And then he asks you, how much did you open the service manual? Two minutes for a day. He went and hung himself and do it quickly. We don't spend time with the service manual that our creator has given us. And when we go through troubles, we ask him, where are the promises you said that you will never leave me, you will never forsake me? My brothers and sisters, spend time with his word. You will not have time to question him at all. He has got the answer to every problem of yours. You don't have to call anybody. You run on your knees, go to the service manual and say, God, speak to me. I do not know what I'm going through. And the service manual will tell you exactly what to do. He says, I have given my peace unto you. Amen? Sometimes, peace, then what is peace? Brother, sister, can you put up that slide? Peace is, can you put that up, sister? Peace is trusting that God is in control even when circumstances seem out of control. Trusting that God will not desert you, desert us, even when we are alone. That's what peace is. Peace is resting in God's unmatched power, even in the darkest night. Peace is claiming his forgiveness, even when I feel like a failure. Peace is trusting his wisdom, even when I feel foolish among all the people, but I'm trusting in his wisdom. Peace is being grateful and content even when I do not have what others are knowing that God supplies all my needs. Peace is, it means trusting that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, even if we feel overwhelmed. Let us give God praise for giving us this assurity in this house. Let us clap and say, God, I thank you. I claim all this in my life. I can assure, no matter what be the circumstances, I have peace. I'd like us to sing one more song. I don't know it. Brother Matthew, you need to help me out. You know the song, He is my peace. Correct? Who has broken Who has down broken every down wall? Can we stand up? Otherwise, we might sleep. Yes, Brother Matthew. He is our peace. Echo, echo. One more time. He is our peace. Who has broken down every wall? He is our peace. He is our peace. Cast all your cares. Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Cast all your cares 
One more time, cast all your cares on him. Let us lift our hands to him. Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Take a minute just to say, God, I want to thank you for that peace. And ask God, God, I want to cast all my cares on you. I do not know what it is. I do not know what you're going through. But he is a God who answers. He is a God who listens. He is there beside you. And I want to assure you, if you faithfully ask him, he will give it to you. He will give it to you. If you faithfully ask him, we thank you, Father, for giving us your peace, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. I'll share the last point. We should not end without this. My last point is we have peace with each other. We have peace with each other. The first thing that the enemy does when trouble comes our way, he destroys peace between husband and wife. The wife might agree to say something. Husband will say no. Or the husband may say something. The wife will say no. Or the mother or the father will say something. The children will say no. The first thing that the enemy takes away from your home is he tries to withdraw the peace that God has imputed into you. And that's the reason you need to have peace with one another. The first thing... I want to encourage you, those of you who are going through hardships and those of you who will face it in the future. The Bible says we will have trouble. The first thing, the moment you go and you're entering into hardship or any decision, take your wife's hand. This is mainly for the brothers. Take your wife's hand, fall on your knees before God and say, God, keep us one. Do not take away your peace from us in this time that we will stand together and we will face this mountain. We will stand together and walk through this valley. Take not your peace from us, Lord God, as husband and wife, and as children and as family members. Amen. That's the first thing you should do. Put an edge around your family and say, God, guard us with your peace. That peace will never depart from my household in Jesus' name. The peace of God creates peace with each other, even in the body of Christ even in the body of Christ. If he cannot hit you with your husband and wife, children, he will hit you within the body of Christ. That's what the enemy does. We do not live our lives as Christians in isolation. <clears throat> Sorry to say this. Many people who go through troubles and who go through trials, the first thing that the enemy causes them to do is to live in isolation. They even do not call the man of God and say what they are going through. Either they're ashamed or they don't want to share it. The enemy immediately isolates you and says, you face this alone. And when you're alone, he destroys you. 
That's the reason it's very important. The first thing, after you have done your prayer, call the man of God and say, Pastor, we are going because he is our shepherd. If you're not able to get pastor on the line, but he will answer, call your cell leader and say, I am going through. Your cell leader, even if he is below you in education, even below you in position, call him, honor him, honor him, and tell him, I'm going through this. Pray for me. God will honor you. Amen? The man of, sometimes you may not like the man of God. You may not like what he does. You may not like anything about him. But if you want to be set free from what the enemy is throwing at you, submit to him. Submit to him. You may not like anything that he does. You may not even like how he dresses also, how he speaks. But say, I will submit to this man. And when you do that, God will lift you up and he'll take you out of your situation. That is, this is a secret of having a victorious Christian walk with Christ. Is to learn to submit. We do not live. Our faith affects our living and the way we live affects others. If we know God's peace, we will seek peace with everyone around us. The reason we do not seek peace with people is because we do not know the peace of Christ in us. Simple truth, nothing else. I want to conclude. Sister, the next one, sister, the slides. Have you placed your trust in Jesus Christ? There are people right now in, in this auditorium. You have not given your life to Jesus and there are many, you have given your life, but right now you're not walking in total obedience to the word of God. You love Jesus. You love him with all your heart. But you're struggling to live a life that is holy and pure before God. I want to address these two groups. You may not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You know Jesus but now you're still not walking with him. I want to address them. Then, don't answer this question fully. Ponder over it right now. Don't waste your time. Don't keep it off for tomorrow. Do you trust Jesus for your salvation? Do you believe that if you die today and if you give your life right now, you will be in heaven with him? Amen? Are we relying on his sacrifice as the ultimate payment for our rebellion and sin? Are we willing to rest in his provision for our eternal home? Once you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, God wraps his loving arms around you. Amen? You are forgiven and you are safe. The storms will be around you, but the presence of God is with you. Amen? You may seem that things are out of control in your life, Hold on. He has never left you. He has never forsaken you. Paul was right when he said in the book of Romans, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be? Neither in heaven, nor in earth, nor below the earth can be against us. I want you to tell your neighbor that if God is for you, who can be against you? Say it in faith. Amen. You have said it in faith. 
I want to show you something. That which you have confessed in faith. Faith is trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ even though you do not understand. You may not understand what you are going through. But brothers and sisters, I encourage you in the name of Jesus Christ our Savior. Trust Him. Trust Him. Trust Him. Our God is a loving God. Our God is a kind God. Our God is a consistent God. Our God is a wise God. Our God is a compassionate God. And our God is a forgiving God. Give Him praise in this house. He is a true and a living God. He has compassion over you. He loves you. He loves you. My brothers and sisters, I want to close with the last. At times you may not feel Him. You may not sense Him. Your struggle you might be going through alone. You might be thinking, He has never left you. Maybe you have left Him. The reason you think God is not by your side is because you have left His presence. It's not that He has left you. Our God is not a liar. Amen? He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So he's not a liar. That means you have forsaken him. You have left him that you now doubt where he is. Brethren, the Lord is with you all the time. Even when you go to sleep. How many of you know you're going to wake up in the morning? You don't know. He wakes you up. It's not your alarm. How many have gone to sleep and never woken up? And the alarm is going on, continuing, continuing. I read a story of a lady in, in UK who died, and for one year her body was in the, in the house. One year. Eaten up. Our God is a good God. Our God is a loving Father. He's a compassionate Savior. He's a compassionate... If you want to know what love is, taste Jesus and see. If you want to know what sin is, run to him and say, sprinkle your blood on me. He will take it away. Amen. You may not be able to see him. You might feel that you are all alone. I, I, I stand under the anointing of God and I say that he is with you. I have tasted him. I have walked that journey and I know he has never left me. Never left me. Even though everything was against me. But my daddy didn't leave my side. I stand here because of his grace. I stand here because of the blood that was shed on Calvary. And I will never stop testifying of what he has done in my life. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. If he has done that for me, he will do much more for you. Much, much, much more for you. Taste. Taste him. Taste him and say, God, I want to taste you. We have had enough testimonies from our pastor about his walk. You can have a better walk. Understand? We, we all can have a better walk. I want us to rise. I want you to first pray. Before we could call people forward, I first want you to pray. 
and ask God to restore the peace of Christ in your heart. Somewhere down the line, you have lost that peace because of things that are right around you. I want you to close your eyes for a few minutes and say, God, restore unto me. I have lost that peace. That's the reason I get worried. I get worried and I question, can you restore that peace back to me? Maybe you might be telling yourself, I'm not going through any problems. A time will come. And then you will understand that God is with you. Father, we pray right now and we ask you, Daddy. You are a good God. You have never forsaken us. You never let us alone. You have watched over us morning, noon and night, Daddy. And Father, give us the grace to understand this truth that when we gave our life to Christ, you gave us your peace. I pray for every brother and sister who's going through hardships and difficulties. Give them the grace to lean not on their own understanding, but in all their ways to acknowledge you. You are the peace giver. In Jesus' name we pray. We have a few minutes, and if you feel you want to pray for a special reason, the altar is open for you. I know that children are going to do their exams, so children can come forward. If you want to stand in the gap, if you want to be a gap stander, you can come forward and stand in the gap for somebody, and our leaders will pray for you. Amen? Let us come to the altar of grace, the altar of mercy, the altar of answered prayers. Amen. The choir is going to minister. You are coming before God. I call the leaders, please. Thank you. Thank you for coming forward. At the altar, the prayers are being answered. Dependable God, dependable God, you are dependable God, dependable God, dependable God, you are dependable God, dependable God, dependable God. Reliable God, reliable God, 
Sing 
Do 
When the peace of God rules in your heart, you will have no worry in your life. And I believe we have learned something this night. And I believe we are going to stick to that peace. That the real peace is peace of God. The peace that exists during the storm of life is the real peace. You need to accept now that there are some things that you may not 
be able to control. You just have to leave everything for God to take control. So all those frustration, all the stresses will majestically disappear when you have the peace of God in the mighty name of Jesus. So you must make a choice to stop complaining. Let that peace of God, of Jesus Christ, take control in your life. Let that peace that Jesus has take the shot. Let it control everything in your life. That peace is very essential. It is so effective to tear down every fortresses of anxiety, disunity, chaos, and fear that is established by enemy in our heart. God grant peace, and we must receive peace in Jesus' name. John 14, 27. Peace I live with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. What are we saying here? We must speak peace every time. We must pursue peace. The church is at peace because according to Acts 9.31, then the churches throughout all the Judea, Galilee, Samaria, had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. When you have the peace of God, everything will begin to multiply in your life. And finally, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 16. Now may the peace of Lord, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to appreciate you for another wonderful night of victory. We thank you because you have made us to understand that with your peace, all worriness will disappear. With your peace, everything that disturbs our mind will disappear. With your peace, we will live a holy life. Father, we appreciate you for your message this evening. Father, this plea to keep to your peace. Continue to grant us in the mighty name of Jesus. When we come here next month for another victory night, let your peace reign in our life and our, and our testimony shall be great in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. We thank you for your son that you have used for us this evening. Father, let your peace continue to reign in his life in Jesus' name. Let your peace continue to reign in his family in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your peace continue to reign in his job in the mighty name of Jesus. In all his way, grant him your peace in Jesus' name. In the church of God that you are using, in the ministry you have given unto him, let your peace reign in Jesus' name. And in the life of each and every one of us, now and forever, the peace of God shall reign in Jesus' name. We have prayed. Amen. Let's share the grace together in fellowship. Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. The peace of God be with you.